This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. From the Headstuff Podcast Network, welcome to The World According to Wikipedia, the podcast that explores the weird, wonderful and baffling world of Wikipedia, the people who write it and what makes them tick. With me, Fanula. And me, Rebecca. In this episode, we talk to Brian McKenzie, Senior Lecturer at Maynooth University in Critical Skills. lead to Maynooth these days. I've I've never actually been. What? What to the town or the university? Both. I I I mean it's in it's in Meath or is it in Westmeath? I I you know, it, it's in Kildare. <laughs> it's in Kildare. Zero points See, I don't know for you out of the Irish geography yeah. test. How yeah. Um I, 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 anyway, I have spent, I have to say, in, in somewhat misspent youth, a uh, number of very fun nights at student events there. My oldest and, and bestest mates um, did her undergraduate there many, many years ago. Um, and since then, in, in the meantime, Manus has a great peg- pedigree with Wikimedia events, and in no small part that is thanks to Brian. Yeah. So a veritable centre of learning and shenanigans. Well, veritable in a few different ways because it was formerly um, or primarily a seminary. So it has, you know, obviously the ecclesiastical roots as well. So there was a lot of, um, for those who are not as familiar with the Catholic Church who attended Wikimedia and libraries, they had an interesting kind of um, reaction to <laughs> many, many papal portraits and uh, archbishops and and things like that. <laughs> this was not as au fait with seminaries or ecclesiastical buildings as the rest of us would be. Um, but from Wikipedia in higher education to Wikimedia and libraries, um, it is the place to be if you're interested in Wikimedia fun and games these days. You. And speaking of conferences, how have you been or how did you find Wikimania this year? So it was interesting. So they trialed a different platform uh, this year for it uh, called Feedloop, which, you know, with very large scale virtual events, you know, there's kind of teething problems and people getting used to the platform and figuring out how to connect with each other and things like that. But um, it was somewhat hybrid in that some groups around the world did have in-person events. Um, So they were kind of tied in then to some of the cultural exchange that we tend to do. Wikimania, wherever it is, always tends to have song and dance and, you know, kind of flavour of the culture. So there was kind of an element of that brought in. But next year, it has been confirmed that we will have it in person uh, Wikimania in Singapore. So that's the first time since 2019. Ooh. So a lot of people were quite excited and also, you know, kind of wondering how do we bring like a truly hybrid event 
so that those who, for many various different reasons, don't have the ability to travel for these large um, large scale events? And how do we ensure yeah. that the equity that we've seen over the past two years, it being purely virtual, how do we bring that um, to one that has an in-person element? So, yeah, interesting conversations and uh, people, you know, always excited to, to connect. So uh, watch this space. I mean, I, for one, I'm happy to appear live in Singapore or Wikimania 2023 if they want us back as a, if they have a podcast stream, which they might have by then, you know. That might be something we have to, uh, we have to campaign for. Happy to travel. There's certainly enough podcasters in the, in the movement at this point. Now that we're back in our usual non-live format, I have to ask, what is this week's rule? This one is a bit different again. How many times do I get to say that before the different becomes the norm? I don't know. But I think this speaks to just how old and potentially complex the internal workings of Wikipedia can be. This episode, I am going to talk about the role of essays. Essays. Yes. Eyebrow raise. Say again. I said, essays. Eyebrow raise. (laughs) Yes. So Wikipedians, since the dawn of Wikipedia have written essays about some of the issues, challenges, quirks, disputes, and behaviours you will find on Wikipedia. Hmm. Go on. Okay, so I'm going to hit you up with some of my favourite essay titles, some nerdier than others. Mm -hmm. Why Wikipedia is so great. Why Wikipedia is not so great. You don't own Wikipedia. Most ideas are bad. Wikipedia is not whack-a-mole. And, for a little bit of fun, assume bad faith. So... I mean, I've snuck a look at the list, uh, which we will put in a link in the show notes. And I like that most ideas are bad, but also there is one in there, which is it's okay to be wrong. You know, it is okay to be wrong as long as you acknowledge that you're wrong and then you kind of fix it. Um, I presume that's what it says. But what are the key highlights of your favorite essays? I don't think I can do any of them justice, but essays, the reason I like them is that they fill in some of the nuance and the humanity of the rules, guidelines and other policies on Wikipedia. And they are all about those shades of grey. And yes, the funny ones are my favourites. So assume bad faith is obviously a comical take on assume good faith. So presume that everybody is a bad Mm -hmm. actor. They're only here to disrupt. They're terrible people and you have to get rid of them immediately. Yeah, most ideas are bad is, is, is a good one is that you know, we have this idea of people propose changes or something, say to an article or a policy or a guideline or something like that. And this is kind of saying, well, most people, they haven't thought through the idea. They don't think they haven't thought of the consequences of it. So in general, if somebody is suggesting like a big overhaul or a big change may not necessarily be a good thing, (laughs) but that the discussion is quite important. And the fact that people can have bad ideas is in the long run, a good thing. Yes, and what is a bad idea now might not actually be a bad idea in two years' time. You know, this is it. Times change. Yeah, yeah. I try not to, you know, kind of think overly, uh, kind of academically about it. But there is this idea of the the paradigm shift. So that if kind of mm. sentiment, so like kind of um, the community yes. sentiment changes enough. So if you kind of think of a pendulum, so that it swings ha- hard enough, so that it actually comes around and change, you know, and there is this kind of shift in thinking. Um, and that's what you'll see. People will start kind of start to have conversations maybe between small groups of editors. And then over time, you know, it might go quiet, but then kind of something reignites it and it kind of gains traction 
and eventually enough of the community is kind of won over so that something will change. So it may not may have been conceived as a, a bad idea in its first iteration, but as things change, develop, society's ideas change, then it then can be adopted at a later date. It's all about evolving. We are now going to talk to Brian about his research into Wikipedia and how content from Wikipedia can affect other research and writing trends as well as language. Hi, I'm Brian McKenzie. I've been editing Wikipedia since 2015. I'm an associate professor at Maynooth University, where I teach the subject called critical skills. Um, we teach writing and uh, skills for academic success. Um, although my background is in French history, I currently write and conduct research on gaming and teaching writing instruction. Um, so yeah, that's that's the my my quick biography. We're delighted to have you with us, um, especially you know given your your recent your recent journalistic fame. But we'll get to that um, a little bit later. But um, thanks for inviting me. Oh, an absolute pleasure. Um, and as people might realise throughout the conversation, myself and Brian have known each other for a few years, so we're on <laughs> well acquainted with this fantastic work uh, with the students of the Newth. Um, but. Yeah, I owe everything to Rebecca. Rebecca taught me how to have to 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 work with students, and so I think you took that wheel and made something very impressive out of it. I have to say. <laughs> but what was it that that drew you or alerted you to using using Wikipedia in your teaching in the first place? So this is a while ago, as I said, twenty fifteen was when I first started, and basically I was dissatisfied with how academics engaged with Wikipedia, so. You know, most time that it's a kind of a blanket prohibition, you know, uh, don't use Wikipedia. But then I found that it was also being, um, it was kind of like, don't use Wikipedia. And then there was like a really simplistic, almost unintellectual understanding of what Wikipedia is. And now I wasn't that familiar with Wikipedia and I made all of the errors, the noob errors that you know, Wikipedia is famous for and how it bites, you know, bites the newbies. Um, but I, even before I I knew that Wikipedia was more complicated than most of academics were saying. And I, and I also knew that all of the students were using it. And so it, it was much better for everybody if you kind of engaged with Wikipedia and taught students how to engage with Wikipedia, you know, uh, critically and usefully. Um, so that's what, what uh, you know, originally drew me to it. And, and like Wikipedia to me is one of the best sites to teach some really interesting and complex ideas uh, about systemic bias, the social production of knowledge, copyright. Uh, like, you know, you, can, you even without editing Wikipedia, you can use Wikipedia to illustrate and demonstrate so many important, uh, important things. So, um that's so that that's basically what I, what I, I decided to do. But like I said, I, you know, I, I initially I made kind of, you know, oh, I, I'll edit here and you know do this, and then you know it kind of took me a while. I think I tried to I was trying to edit something in uh, Breaking Bad fan, you know, fan, you know, some pages related to Brian Cranston or something like that. And people were like, you know, Get, what are you doing? You know, you can't just come in here and you know. Well, they weren't that bad, but it was basically like revert, revert, revert. Um, so, you know, it took me a while and I learned, you know, that, you know, there's a, a culture, there's complex policies, uh, 
kind of a Kafkaesque bureaucracy. And all the more I learned about Wikipedia, the more kind of fascinated I became uh, with it. I often say, you know, I have a, a love-hate relationship with Wikipedia without the love. But that's, good. <laughs> that's, not that's not entirely true. I get a little bit salty because they, you know, they deleted a lot of Dungeons and Dragons um, content. Um, but yeah, look, I think Wikipedia is so important. It's so interesting. And I think, you know, you're really selling, you know, you're doing a disservice to students if you just kind of say Wikipedia bad, don't use. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, it, it's the ways in which people kind of interact with Wikipedia content. It isn't just a Google search. It's, you know, you can use Wikipedia content quite incidentally. Um, so teaching people about it, it helps them understand. Oh, as we, as, as we found out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Study>. Yes. <laughs> the, the best segues are the ones that I point out for myself, aren't they? Uh, <laughs> so there's this study uh, that you're involved in recently um, or not so recently, um, investigating the effect of releasing a set of new articles on specifically on Irish high court judgments onto Wikipedia, so content that never existed before. So Supreme was, Court, sorry, Supreme, Supreme Court, court judgment. Sorry, uh, yes, Supreme Court judgment. Yeah. Um, so what was what was your role in that study? So, okay, so this goes way back to 2017. Um, so I was I was working with Wikipedia with students and. Um, I had a summer class and I said, look, everyone's going to write a Wikipedia article on a subject that you're interested in. So there was a, you know, a geography student who wrote some geography article. I forget what I had a history student who did, uh, I think, Irish immigration to Montserrat. Another history student did the siege of Kilkenny. And I had a law student who said, I want to write um, an article about a Supreme Court case. And I was calling it up. I think it was Burke v. Uh, Burke v. Lynn. It was a kind of a, a, a famous one um, that he had learned about in um, in class, and then I assume he went looking for it on Wikipedia and didn't find it. Um, and so, <laughs> like, oh, that's disappointing. So he he wrote, yeah, I, I have it. It's 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 uh, State Burke versus uh, Lenin. It's a 1940s Irish Supreme Court case, and so I looked at. Wikipedia and I was like, that's really weird. There's basically no Supreme Court articles, Supreme Court case articles for Ireland on Wikipedia. I mean, like none. I think there was the X case and then uh, the Norris, the Norris case um, about the uh, um, and maybe two, a couple other, like there was basically about a half a dozen. That's it. And so I was like, you know, there you go. You know, that's a, a teachable moment, you know, that there's just such an important area and there's nothing there. There's basically nothing there. Um, and then, you know, if every, every court decision in the United States, every state court decision, anyways, they all have Wikipedia articles. And then the following year, so that was 2017 that the student wrote that, that, that um, article the following year, then Neil Thompson at MIT, he published a study where he basically had put, he had put, he had had, and he kind of got in trouble because he basically had hired graduate students or postgrads to write Wikipedia content and articles on scientific topics that he had identified as important or something. And, and he they put content on Wikipedia and then he let it sit there. And then he data mined uh, peer reviewed. He worked with a guy 
from uh, University of Pittsburgh. I forget his name, but then they data mined peer-reviewed or um, uh, journals just for word, you know, language minded, and then they they found out, lo and behold, that the the scientific content that his students had put on Wikipedia uh, was turning up in actual peer reviewed journal uh, articles, and and it's you know if you put content on Wikipedia like citations, you increase the chance of the citation being cited in peer reviewed articles, right? So I I read that. And then I read all of the Wikipedia reaction to it, which was quite critical of, you know, um, of how, well, you know, they weren't happy about the, 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 you know, paid editing is the, you know, one of the worst crimes you can commit on Wikipedia. Um, and so two things occurred to me. One was that we could potentially replicate his method with Irish Supreme Court cases and in some ways that would be easier because they're standalone. The, uh, so some of the articles he wrote, I don't think it mattered for the data mining he was doing, but in practical terms, like a lot of, some of it got deleted after it came out. Maybe some got deleted at the time um, uh, as well. And then some got merged and all sorts of stuff. And so it occurred to me, look, if you're doing Irish Supreme Court cases, they're going to not have a notability issue. They're going to be a standalone article. So we could kind of do that. Um, and then the second thing that occurred to me was that I could shepherd it. I, I had a much better handle on how to engage with Wikipedia in a, you know, kind of arguably kind of very constructive, positive way. Um, so I could shepherd it on. So I basically, I reached out to, uh, to Neil. I, I sent him an email and I said, you know, look, great fan of your work. Um, I, you know, do you want to do a, a study that does your same method again, looking for the same thing, but the effect will be illegal? And then at the same time, I reached out to the law uh, law faculty at Maynooth University, and uh, with with the same idea. And so that all came together. I think we started in 2019. Um, and so my job was basically to make sure that you know I. I trained the students i i i i did all of the editing uh for with with editing training with them and i kind of made sure that the wikipedia articles they produced were really good in terms of optimized so um you know things that other people might not know who are who are kind of maybe less familiar with wikipedia so having a short description for mobile phone visibility having an info box uh, which is very important in terms of data, metadata, and Wikidata, having categories. So, you know, I knew all of the stuff, how we could make um, these Supreme Court case articles really good um, and strong and visible. And I could kind of, as I said, yeah, it, it, like reach out and engage with Wikipedia to sort of make sure there weren't any bumps. And there were. So, I mean, do you want to hear like, the, you know, this, this is the kind of the, the lesson about, you know, look, things can go wrong. And we, we did some test articles with faculty. So you know, the law faculty I was working with said, let's write a couple Supreme Court cases. We'll put them on Wikipedia and we'll get feedback. <laughs> Even before I could post for feedback, there was a speedy deletion nomination. <laughs> Predictable. Uh, yeah, right. I was like, you know, this is why. You know, this is why weren't there any Irish Supreme Court cases? Well, like you know, maybe because the 
so what had happened was basically the Irish Supreme Court cases live on this website called the British and Irish Legal Information Institute or something like that. Bailey is it's British B A I L something I. So the bots, uh, whatever copyright bot, basically would see a direct direct quotes. So the students were pulling direct quotes from the actual case, and the Wikibot was just flagging that as copy out like egregious copyright violation to the Bailey website. And so there was speedy, speedy deletion nomination. And so I had to like contest a speedy deletion nomination, um, which again, a lot of newbies wouldn't even know, like, how, how do you even do that? And then I went into the, um, I got the website Bailey whitelisted. So I went into, I forget, it's the WIC, whatever, um, whoever does the, it's earwig, I think. Uh, well, the, the bots that do the copyright checking, I basically went to the place where they're kind of minders all do copyright stuff. And and uh, I said, listen, can we whitelist this site? And they were like, oh, well, you got to, you know, are you sure, you know, we need to know for sure that it's public domain. And so, you know, I had to do a bit of legwork there because, you know, it just looked like they, they weren't sure that it was public domain. And so then they ended up saying, we'll only whitelist the, we believe that the subdomain where the Irish cases live is whitelistable. And so they whitelisted that. Um, and then I went to Wiki Project Law and I said, look, here's, here's some fat cases that we, we've written here. We're going to put loads more up but i want feedback and they're basically like well you're quote farming too much quotes and you know you're like i can we can tell it's written by academics it's you need to improve the wiki encyclopedic language and this kind of stuff so we got really good feedback um and so you know we had basically neil um and another uh, researcher from cornell university zoyin uh lua and they were kind of doing the the hard number crunching, the information science, maths, and all of that. The law faculty were uh, doing some of the theoretical questions that we talk about in the article, how do judges make decisions and so on, and also um, helping with the actual writing of the content. And then I was kind of just making sure that that everybody could edit Wikipedia and that what we were publishing um, worked, that it, it, it was stay, staying there. Yeah, and was beneficial to to Wikipedia, and as you say, the response from so once the 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 research was published as a as a preprint, stating this kind of correlation between the language employed within uh, judgments since these articles had appeared, and the text of these articles, kind of with the the I suppose the conclusion that perhaps Wikipedia is now being used as a source um, within the Irish judiciary, which of course was not not necessarily welcomed uh, <laughs> as a research result yeah and so yeah so there's two so there's two there's two big results and one is more kind of uh, controversial than the other so the first I mean I would call it relatively uncontroversial is that so we wrote we wrote a massive amount of articles 154 right um, and the way that and this was a lot of work for the law faculty and for Neil and Zuyin. But they basically paired up articles and they did. So they tried to make pairs of, of, uh, of Supreme Court cases that were as close um, as they could be. So they're like a pair. You know, we had 77 pairs of Supreme Court cases and each pair. Let's say we have one pair They're from the same year, 2014. They're both criminal. And they both have the sort of the same visibility in terms of citations, references in the Irish media. 
So, you know, so we're, we're, we started with the pair, these 77 pairs of Supreme Court cases that were as close as possible. Like, you know, like I said, so, hey, there's an immigration case from 2016, and it's paired with another immigration case from 2016, and they both have been cited three times by other in, in subsequent decisions. So 154, I mean, it's a massive amount. And then half of them we didn't publish on Wikipedia and half we did publish. Came back a year later and lo and behold, the first finding is the, the cases that were, the articles for cases that were on Wikipedia had a 20% bump in citations compared to the treatment group, uh, or sorry, the control group. And again, like that's, well, you know, well, it shows that the visibility when you, you know, when something is there on Wikipedia, it, it, the visibility is, you know, it's, it's almost unavoidable. But the, sec, the, second, the second finding was that um, Neil Thompson and Julian Lua, they've basically took all of the text and they've run it through a massive data analysis, comparing it to all the subsequent uh, rulings from Irish courts. And they found the language similarity. Uh, and then they initially said, well, you know, and the law people, I mean, it was kind of, well, we're probably looking at like direct quotes. So if our students pulled a direct quote uh, from a judgment, then probably other people might pull the same quote because it's like important and, and everybody, you know, lands on that as a, well, that's like a direct quote. So they actually stripped out the direct quotes and reran it and the language similarity was still increasing. So, okay. um so that is perhaps more sort of controversial than the citations, although, you know, the, the, the citations still show that the Wikipedia is being used. Mm. Um, but, and it was the high court. So we looked at the Supreme Court, the Court of Appeals and the high court, and we found the result in the high court, not the other two courts. And the high court is, despite its name, is the lower of the, the of those three courts it's the one with the greatest workload but i mean look for for us so we're wikipedians we're talking about this and for us like we're, we're not surprised are we i mean i you know you you know it's like i mean i i have a study it's uh 20 2015 these australians um uh what's the author denny chester and butler they looked at basically australian doctors use wikipedia in like clinical settings <laughs> um you know, it's like we know, you know, there's research that shows that journalists are using Wikipedia. You know, it's a, there's a 2016 paper um, on that. Um, so, you know, like for it's not surprising, I, I guess maybe, you know, it's like in Ireland, the priestly classes are, you know, uh, oh, my God, they use Wikipedia, too. But I mean, for, for Wikipedians, it's sort of like, yeah, of course they're using Wikipedia. Everybody uses it, right? I mean, if, like if Australian doctors were found to be using Wikipedia... <laughs> So you weren't necessarily, you weren't kind of shocked or surprised, but perhaps it was the reaction uh, to it. And, and what happens with research is obviously how it's editorialized. No, I, I just, I wasn't, I mean, I think my colleagues were kind of more, more surprised, shocked. And, uh, you know, I'm big, but like, I'm more of a kind of a, a you know, yeah, of course, you know, Wikipedia has been used, but for, for I think the the law faculty, in particular, the language similarity, the the the, uh, the alignment in language um, was was uh, uh, something of particular note to them. Um, but I don't know. I mean, maybe yeah. So I think yeah, the reaction was, I suppose, uh, you know, predictable. But um, 
I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like I said, why, why, why should it be a surprise that Wikipedia is so dominant? It's, I mean, if you Googled any of our cases, like you get our Wikipedia article, like that's just, that's just the way it is. Very interesting. Yeah. So I've known Brian for a number of years and I remember when this research got up off the ground. Uh, So way back in 2018, I believe, um, Brian was one of the conveners of a conference on Wikipedia and higher education in Maynooth, where all places, all good things happen. And Neil Thompson was one of the keynote speakers. So I think Neil being invited to that was kind of part of kind of this wider kind of collaboration that was going on. So the the combination of kind of putting high quality content on Wikipedia, um, you know, using students and kind of prompting them to maybe, you know, kind of use some of these critical skills that he also kind of talks about in his other work, but then also this kind of linguistic modeling and kind of interrogating of the text and then the text of research outputs, in this case being legal texts that are published by Irish high courts. It was really fascinating and really kind of nuanced and complex. Which is which kind of gets lost, obviously, in the reporting in the mainstream press. Yeah, and this is something you know, you and I were used to be involved in kind of the, the skeptical movement, and and an awful lot of the gripes around how science gets mangled in mainstream presses. The press release kind of takes one little kind of slice of the conclusion and kind of blows it up into uh, a very easily takes the, the sexiest for want of a exactly yeah, and makes good copy, and that's the bit that kind of gains traction and then grows legs and runs away. <laughs> and then usually the scientists are trying to kind of pick up uh, the pieces a little bit. But there has been some really interesting coverage. And we can add a link to it in the show notes to this the piece by this, um, from the Slate. So a very kind of well-versed in Wikipedia journalist, Stephen Harrison, who does some very interesting work. Um, he did a, a good piece on kind of breaking down the research that Brian was involved in. Um, and, you know, with, with a Wikipedia understanding so that you don't get kind of the the loss of understanding within the piece. Yeah. And if you want to hear more of that interview and actually more of the extended interviews with all of our previous guests, you can become a member of the Headstuff Plus community for just five euro a month plus VAT. Go to headstuffpodcast.com and join us, your most favorite of all podcasts. Fireside is the Irish storytelling podcast. Every week you'll hear tales of mythic Irish gods, Arthurian knights or Norse Vikings. There is folklore from Ireland and around the world, and even historical legends like Brian Baru and Gráinne Whale. Whether from poetry or prose, lyric or legend, if there is a good story at the heart of it, You'll find it here. I'm Kevin C. Olahan. I'm your host and fireside bard. With over 150 episodes and rising, there has never been a better time to join us by the fireside. This episode has a hero. Who is it? This episode, our hero is an editor on Tamil Wikipedia, who created a bot that generated 25,000 articles on that language Wikipedia. Wow. Interesting. Um, I mean, I'm thinking back to the the Scots language um, Wikipedia 
sort of issue. Have these articles been vetted? Yes. So the the user, and forgive me if I'm pronouncing this incorrectly, Ni Kalkaran, I believe. So they've been an editor on Tamil, you know, a speaker of Tamil and writer, you know, kind of he had he had moved away for a job and kind of he started a blog to kind of stay in contact with his his language. So write po- started writing poetry and blog posts in Tamil um, and kind of using it to improve his grammar and, and, and syntax and things like that. And then he got kind of hooked on editing Tamil Wikipedia. And what he has done here is using village level data, which was released openly by the Tamil Nadu government in an Excel sheet. They have used various data po- points within that, kind of cleaning up the data to feed into a bot that could then take the selected piece of information to create a short article about that place to a set formula. So kind of where the place yeah. is, population, kind of local points of interest. So they had you know, a discrete set of 12 bits of information out of this kind of wider data set that they had Yeah, that would then populate. So then you can obviously script it so that all of the articles will follow a particular cadence and then you could just pop in the individual kind of discrete unique bits of information related to that geographic place. That sounds fascinating. And I presume like these are kind of more beginner stubs that others can go and enhance. They're actually a little bit longer than that. They're kind of what we would call a start article. So it's not just a a few lines. There is an info box, a little box of information on the right hand side and a few headings. So it's a little bit more um, developed. And I suppose that speaks to the level of the data that they had access to. So it's a, a step up from the usual machine slash bot generated simple stubs that other language Wikipedias such as um, Catalan and Swed- Swedish um, have created over the years, but also probably shows how bots and these sort of scripted processes have gotten a little bit more, uh, I suppose, high powered in, in the time since the other language Wikipedias have done it. Yeah, a little bit more sophisticated, exactly. Mm-hmm. That is cool. It yeah. really is. Yeah. In our show notes, you'll find a link to the story, uh, which shows how he went about cleaning up um, and selecting the best data points to create these you know, useful articles for these villages, as well as some of the, some of the examples of the finished product. It's a really great example of how a government publishing data under an open license can empower a community to reuse that information in this more kind of narrative, accessible, and probably from the point of view of the government, unexpected way. You should get them on sometime. Yes. Yes, definitely. So they they just remained kind of identified by their username. Uh so uh yeah, but it's I would highly encourage people to to look up the the news article. It's really interesting, especially if you have any interest in you know, people are always talking about AI and bots and, and scripts and things like that. This is kind of a even as somebody not well versed in that area, you can kind of follow the story and kind of the steps that they took. Um so it's just an interesting plotted history of it. Very good. And that was The World According to Wikipedia. Join us again in two weeks. You can subscribe to us on your podcast player of choice. Follow us on Twitter at world underscore Wikipedia. Thanks to Patricia O'Flaherty for our artwork and Headstuff for production assistance. Go to headstuffpodcast.com for show notes, more information and to support the Headstuff Plus network. You can find me on Twitter or most other places at uh, at Ickle underscore Tato. And you can find me on Twitter as Restless Curator.
eventually Foucault turns up. Oh, Foucault always turns up. And if you're really, really good, Derrida. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.